Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trana. Thank you so much for listening. If you are into the gambling world, you will enjoy this podcast very much. Todd Furman, former odds maker at Caesars, now covers the gambling world. We get into a lot of hardcore gambling stuff and not so hardcore, so it'll appeal to everyone. Uh, we get into what's going on with legalized gambling with each of the states, the importance of shopping around for a line, bad losses this season, what kind of losses are the worst, how sports have been impacted by this, which sports have benefited the most. A lot of talk about baseball and betting and how baseball can sort of get helped by it. Um, so we covered all with Furman, uh, everything in the gambling world. Before we get to Todd, last week, Andrew Marchand from the New York Post was on where we covered uh, a potpourri of items in the sports news, sports media news landscape, Paul Pierce, Jim Nance, a bunch of things there. Two weeks ago, Edge, WWE Superstar, just was in the main event at WrestleMania. Three weeks ago, great podcast with Scott Van Pelt. If you missed any of those, go into the archives and give those a listen. And please subscribe to the SI Media Podcast. All right, let's get to this episode right now with Todd Furman and some gambling talk. All right, joining me now, gambling guru, plenty of jobs. Used to be an odds maker, which fascinates me, so maybe we'll get into that again, but... Uh, in this world where gambling is taking over, there's no one better really to check in with from time to time than Todd Furman. Todd, how are you? I'm doing very well, Jimmy. Just catching a little day baseball, watching our beloved Yankees uh, 
chasing an early deficit against the Toronto Blue Jays. It's funny you say that because I was going to tweet this morning. You know, I, I tweet very little about sports anymore just because everyone on Twitter is an asshole. And, I don't, and I, you know, people disagree when you're just trying to have like a light, fun thing. And I was going to tweet like, if you this year bet will the Yankees score first no in every game, you're probably very rich right now. They don't score first. And, and they did today with the Aaron Judge armor, but they never score first. It's very rare. And it's good. I, you know, I don't know. Curious, is that a prop bet that is offered on most sites these days now that gambling yeah, is so it, prevalent? In a, in a lot of spots, you can find which team will score first in a game. Obviously, you have to pay a substantial price for the road team because they're going to get a first crack to try and do so. And then uh, one of the big betting markets that's really grown in popularity for Major League Baseball as everyone gravitates towards this quick fix is will there be a run scored in the first inning? So it's amazing to see a lot of the folks out there that are aggregating the data, trying to figure out which pitchers are best, yes, no, in these markets. James Paxton, the first guy that comes to mind, a lot of people made a ton of cash uh, on him last season as a member of the Yankees betting, yes, there would be a run in the first inning. And I think they were extremely disappointed when he was shelled for the better part of this year after just one start with the Mariners. Uh, But the Pittsburgh Pirates are a team where typically their staff early on this season, of course, such a small sample size, they've been beating around pretty good in the first inning. So if you're betting yes, will a run be scored in their games, you profit quite handsomely. So, so speaking about will a run be scored first, I want to start with something totally crazy. Did now, did you see all the videos? Uh, we're taping this Wednesday after night. So this happened Tuesday night before the Reds Giants game in San Fran. Did you see the videos with Joey Votto and what happened? Uh, you know what? I did not see the highlights. I saw a little bit of the buzz that was created, but uh, I can only hope that it wasn't nearly as controversial as the groundswell we saw of corruption after in the wake of Sunday night baseball uh, with the Braves Phillies fiasco. No, no, occurred. this was this was much more lighthearted. Um, so here's how the story goes. It was in if you if you're listening to this and want to see the videos, check out Train of Thoughts uh, from Wednesday, April fourteenth. Um, basically. During batting practice, a fan was screaming at Joey Votto, asking him if he thinks a run will be scored in the first inning because the fan bet no run in the first inning. And Joey Votto is trying to tell the fan, like, this is not what he's interested in and he's trying to win the game. And the fan keeps badgering him. There's two videos of the fan just badgering Joey Votto and they have a back and forth because the fan wants no run in the first inning. What happens? Joey Votto homers in the first inning and the guy loses his bet. It's it's really great. You got to check out the videos. It, it, it honestly, Jimmy, reminds me of the video that circulated with Pete Alonzo with the fan that you could hear in the background yep. yelling about the over-under and then Pete takes the ball yard. But I think these encounters, if players embrace them, it's going to be par for the course. And if fans do it in a lighthearted way, I can find an appreciation. It's the idiots that take to social media and decide they want to berate or belittle, you know, 18 and 19 year old college kids because they lost the bet. Right. I mean, you and I come from the scheme, same school of thought on this. If you're betting that kind of money that reduces you to going after professional athletes or college guys, scale things back and maybe find a different hobby uh, that if well, it's going to keep you from putting food on the table. Whether you're betting or not, you shouldn't be going after people on Twitter. It's just so stupid. 100%. But there's a bit, for me at least, I think there's a big difference between the Alonzo incident and the Votto one from this standpoint. The guy in the Met game screams at Alonzo like, I need over nine runs. While Alonzo is in the batter's box and the game is going on, and Votto, and Alonzo never acknowledges the fan, whereas Votto True. engaged the fan in this guy. I can see, I feel like I just screamed, I can see Rob Manfred seeing that video and saying to the players, don't talk to the fans about betting, please, while there are cameras all over the place. Um, 
you know, Alonzo was an innocent type of thing, which was great also. But yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that one because that was good. Um, yeah, I, I think we're going to get to that point where uh, the commissioners are, have to be cognizant of it. And it's going to be uncharted territory as we talk about the proliferation of legalized sports betting into a multitude of states, hopefully in your backyard sooner rather than later uh, as well. But I mean, injury reports, they became a hot button topic. And clearly these kind of interactions are going to happen a little bit more, especially where fans are in close proximity to players, regardless of the sport. So you mentioned the legalized gambling in my backyard, which is New York, where we're still we still don't have it supposed to happen. But from everything I hear, it's not supposed to happen in a great way. My degenerate friend Petey texts me every day about how bad it's going to be. Um, (laughs) So let me ask you this. Where, Where do we stand now? How many states have it legalized now? We're up to uh, 11 states that have officially legalized in some capacity. And of course, things are very different in states like Montana, where it's state lottery and it's more or less a license to steal without a gun with some of the prices that you have to bet into if you want to do it in a reputable manner compared to spots like Tennessee and Jersey that, in my opinion, have done things the right way, where they're making it a competitive market, forcing the operator to offer a product that's going to bring people in from the gray areas and some of their corner bookmakers to do things legally. Uh, And you mentioned New York. I'm curious to see how this plays out. We know that politicians carry a ton of weight, but if you're going to limit it to just a couple of operators and have an exorbitant tax rate, someone is going to have to bear the brunt of it. And you hope it's not the consumer because anybody who's been in this business knows how hard it is to outrun laying a dollar 10 to make a dollar. If you're going to jack up prices substantially higher, the barrier to entry and the opportunity to actually make money and enjoy it, it essentially becomes a glorified lottery system more than anything else. It's the exact quote my degenerate friend Petey used. Okay, so here's what I want to do, because you just gave us a really broad uh, analysis on it. I want to get really specific and break it down for people who maybe aren't even into gambling. So let me do it from the. So it's funny, one of the questions I wanted to ask you that I had written down as a little note was, which states are doing it the best? You mentioned Tennessee and New Jersey. So just explain to the listeners on a basic level why they're doing it the best. So Tennessee is unique. It became the first state that just opened things up uh, to online sports betting. Since there are no brick and mortar facilities, they had to do things a little bit differently. You didn't have to worry about partnering up with a casino, whether it was a Fortune 500 company or a tribal operator to get your gaming license. If you could pay the entry fee, you could come in and operate. So of course, the BetMGMs, the FanDuels and DraftKings, they gobbled up market share quickly. Tennessee's gone through a little bit of a scandal with a smaller operator uh, with Action 24-7, which had some money laundering issues that I think have largely been swept under the rug. I I would never put my money in a site called Action (laughs) 24-7, just for the record. It feels like the uh, price per head shops that all of us used about 10, 12, years ago where you squared up once once a week or thereabouts but yeah. they've had their own laundry list of problems if folks are interested i think the tennessean did a bunch of articles to catch up there so i won't bog you with some of the minutia but jersey when they were first i mean you had you know the meadowlands partner up with a couple different books and you had what were called skins that were available. So if I was a gaming operator, I had three or four skins that I could subsequently sell. So if it was to DraftKings, to FanDuel, uh, to Churchill Downs, or whatever the operators may be, therefore everybody had an access road to get into the space. Now, the one state that I'm curious about how they're going to do it is Maryland, who just approved some legislation, I believe earlier this week, or maybe it was at the tail end of last, and they claim that they're going to open it up to as many as 60 different operators. I don't think there are 60 operators even out there. So again, free market economics offer a competitive product. 
and throw whatever bonuses you want at the players. And that's going to pay dividends. That's the one thing about all this that drives me bonkers is that you still have shops that are gouging players because they just don't understand the math behind it. But explain explain player, to people what you mean by gouging the players. Explain that. So, so generally accepted in the sports betting space, it's been for years uh, that you put up $1.10 if you want to bet a football game to make a dollar. So regardless of the game, um, hey, you want to bet the Jets versus Giants, the Giants are a four-point favorite. You put up 110 to win 100 if you like the favorite. Same way on the other side. And that translates roughly to a historical hold for sports books of about 5%. And what that means is the books take home five cents on every dollar if they assume that the book is completely balanced, which we know is a little bit of a fallacy because it's never 50-50 in terms of tickets uh, or money. What you're seeing for some operators now is that they're adding pennies here or there and you know, minus a dollar twelve or minus a dollar thirteen. And to a customer that's only betting, you know, to win 10 bucks, it really doesn't matter to them. 13 to win 10 isn't fundamentally different than the 11 to win 10. But if you extrapolate that out and not to get again too much into the math and the weeds, the sensitivity analysis says the book can make a substantial fortune by doing that, repeating the transactions over and over again. And it reminds me, uh, for those folks in pop culture, of the movie Office Space, where they talk about rounding those pennies at the end of the accounts. Oh, no one's going to notice a penny here or there. And then all of a sudden, they realize that there's you know nine-figure balances that they then have to give back to the company. So when you're looking for a product out there, you always want to try and find a dollar ten to win a dollar as your standard operating procedure. Um, some books will do reduced juice, but it's extremely rare in the legalized space. And I think that's where we're headed. Until the consumer understands exactly, you know, what him or her are entitled to as far as competitive balance, you're going to see books look to take advantage, and that's the unfortunate reality we are, we're in, uh, given how new the space truly is. I I don't want to put you on the spot in case you don't know it, but I'm just curious. Do you know the breakdown with the 11 states that are legalized? How many have more than one operator and how many just have one operator? Yeah, to, to my knowledge, the only states that have one operator, I believe Oregon is run by the state. So they have a state lottery system. Uh, Montana is another one that's the same way in D.C., other than that, everyone else has multiple operators that are there, some in varying fashions, whether it's the Nevada model, whether it's the completely online model like Tennessee, or a situation that's brewing in the state of Illinois where they've eliminated remote registration, which of course has strong political undertones and the reason that took place, where you have to physically go into a sports book to sign up for your account, but you're able to uh, fund the account subsequently thereafter. Why are they doing that? So they did that and there, there's a lot of political ties there. So originally they repealed it, Governor Pritzker, uh, because of COVID protocol said, hey, look, we don't want people to congregate in casinos. You know, we want to make it available for people to be to deposit remotely and do things safely. I think this is some of the casino operators and some of the stronger uh, entities they're pushing that they feel if they can get bodies into their casinos, whether it be at Bet Rivers, whether it be, you know, some of the other spots throughout the state that they can take a few extra dollars from a player who may plunk down 50 to 100 bucks playing blackjack, eating a restaurant. Right. I think it's short sighted, but clearly there are some folks that want to help uh, some of the land based casinos have a leg up over the DraftKings and the fan duels that may only have sports books available in more remote locations. Amazing that in the pandemic, the you know, they're scamming it so that people could go into the casino instead of letting them sign up online. All right. So I had asked you the states with one operator. You said Oregon, Montana, D.C. And that's what's going on here in New York is they think it's going to be one operator, if I'm not mistaken. 
the government, I, basically? I was going to say, I think at last check it was two, um, but still oh. at the same time, I mean, if you're only going to have limited operators, it allows any of them to create a monopoly. I mean, every now, state should have access to a variety of books, in my opinion. Are, are there any other downsides to states having one operator besides the juice on the betting odds or are there uh, are there other downsides you know i mean that's going to be the biggest thing because they don't have to worry about competition so especially if you want to bet on local teams uh then you have no recourse i mean you're always going to pay a premium and some states a little bit different in terms of uh, what you can and can't bet as far as college teams are concerned but i mean for example if you're in the state of montana and you find yourself to be a big montana grizzlies football fan there's no chance that you're going to get a fair number uh on any of those particular games uh, even with some of the pro teams that are the case i mean you can look at the los angeles dodgers will be the perfect illustration a market price on them may be more than that minus 240 250 range but if my customer can't shop and i know they're going to use it as a parlay leg and on every single bet i'm going to jack that number up and uh, expect them to pay a premium uh, for some of those higher profile and public teams. So, but yeah. So if you're, so if you're someone who wants a wager, you want to have multiple operators so you can shop around for the best line. It's amazing to me. Like New York wouldn't allow DraftKings, FanDuel, and you know, I mean, especially when New York. I mean, it's amazing to me that when I see the stats every month, that the state that's making the most money off legalized gambling is Jersey. I think New York would just copy it and do the same thing. Makes no well, sense. You know, that's the whole thing that's mind boggling to me because you look at the population density. I mean, if folks are unhappy with the product being offered in New York, how tough is it to drive into Jersey, especially on an NFL Sunday when you're talking about filling MetLife Stadium with Jets and Giants fans? I'm not going to bet the game if I'm in Manhattan. I'm going to wait till I'm in Jersey and use those right. books to shop around for a price so I can get it if you're on an island. If you're Hawaii and there's nobody else that you're worried about where folks that live inside your state can go to try and bet games, sure, I guess you can offer something that's a little bit more discouraging for the player to shop around. But for New York and everyone that lives in any of the five boroughs, if you're serious about it, get on a train, you know, take the path train, go to Hoboken and sit there and watch games all day on a college football Saturday instead of staying in, you know, Midtown to watch games uh, and lose some of the opportunity to shop for the best numbers. Yeah, so I, I've I've been in gambling hell for the last, I guess, since football season because for 15, 17 years, I used Five Dimes. That was the site I used. I got I always got paid out when I wanted to get paid out, so I never had an issue with them. And then they closed up shop, basically, in the United States. I guess, I don't know, the owners were doing all sorts of nefarious <laughs> things. Um, a lot of malfeasance, if you're an Office fan. So they had to shut down in the U.S. So I had to search for a place to play. And of course it's not legal here in New York. So I couldn't go to DraftKings or FanDuel. And then, uh, I used betonline.ag, which was fine. I had no issues there. And I dabbled with Bovada and I liked Bovada, like interface, whatever, and ease of betting. But then I didn't realize this because I'm an idiot. The only way Bovada pays out is Bitcoin. Now, I understand Bitcoin is all the rage and people want Bitcoin. I would like cash, check, <laughs> money order, back to my credit card. I don't want Bitcoin. I want American dollars. And that's an issue. So no matter I, it's amazing how difficult it, like it was easier for me to gamble 15, 20 years ago with Pinnacle and this and, and then it is now when it's supposed to be. It's crazy. I feel like it's harder now. 
Yeah. I mean, I think back to some of my first experiences in the space and, you know, 13 or 14 years old, sneaking off to the local currency exchange, sending money orders for a couple hundred bucks, which is a lot of money. At hold that on, time. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You were sending money orders at 13 years old? You know, Jimmy, you're working at a pool making $4.25 an hour cleaning bathrooms or slinging slices of pizza during the summer. You have to try and find a way to get your action fixed when football what, season. What sports up. were you betting at 13 years old? Oh, I was betting uh, mainly NFL, okay. uh, mainly NFL back then. We did have a uh, on-campus bookie, I guess, if we even want to call him that in the junior high. So, you know, he would take $20 was his max bet. You'd look at the USA Today or the Chicago Tribune at the time, flip through it in study hall, and you'd have to find him because, you know, you didn't have cell phones or anything like that. So you had to find him yeah. before the end of the day. And I mean, I think the first two bets I ever made with him, I bet a big Monday college basketball game, which back at the time, you know, those games tipped off at 12 Eastern in the Mountain West and a hockey game. Uh, but when you wanted to go a little bit more legit and we use the term loosely, you know, you had to wire money to a Caribbean country that you couldn't even find on a map. Right. So me, well, that's what I was doing with five dimes yep. is I would send money orders, but they would always pay me out. So like to me, like, you know, we talk so much about finding the best line and the best juice. Um, Aaron Judge just hit his second home run of the day. There you go. Um, but for me, it was always about, you know, what I'm, I wonder about the payout situation. That's what I'm always, you know, um, and, you know, I, I, Bitcoin is not a way to pay degenerate gamblers. We want money. I'm sure you probably <laughs> want Bitcoin. I've seen your tweets. I don't, they, uh, I I the, give uh, me the option. Give me the option. You want Bitcoin or you want regular money? Yeah, I'll take the regular money. Exactly. It's gotten tougher and tougher. And I think that's why, you know, any of these states that are moving the route of legalization, if they offer a competitive product, are going to provide a service and an opportunity for their players that you can't get in the offshore world that you could have 10, 12 years ago. And it, it's a game changer, but at the same time, you want to see them at least give you a little bit of value and opportunity uh, and bang for your buck instead of going, Hey, no, because we're uh, giving you a service and you can trust the ease of payment and everything else. You have to put up a dollar 15 to make a dollar. I mean, you just can't outrun that math. It's damn near right. impossible. Would in your mind, which sport do you think has benefited the most from legalized gambling, if there is one? You know, it's tough to say because I look at the four major sports and I don't think any of them have fundamentally changed in terms of their viewership. We know numbers were down for the NFL. The Super Bowl wasn't anywhere close uh, to what we've seen in the past, but people were going to bet on football uh, no matter what you did to provide obstacles or restrictions in that regard. I honestly think baseball can be the biggest beneficiary from it because you're talking about not having a whole lot of competition, uh, especially during the slower summer months. This year, the anomaly, because I think the NBA playoffs will go into late July or whenever the hell they're going right. to finish that up. Uh, but you're talking about, you know, once the NBA and the NHL wrap up and maybe a little bit of horse racing, you know, Major League Baseball becomes a standalone entity from late June through the dog days of summer. And when you're talking about first inning, will there be a run scored? first five innings, strikeout props, that Major League Baseball has a huge six-week window that if they really wanted to make a major push, that they could keep all of those gamblers who might go, and hey, normally we take summers off, fully engaged, find different ways to bonus them. And I think that's part of why you've seen, you know, the Major League Baseball go with a digital show that'll focus a little bit on gambling. And I'm sure it'll incorporate some DFS components, but I think that's a sport that can do it. One sport that I can speak to that I know is openly embraced and is trying to figure ways out uh, is actually NASCAR. Uh, mm -hmm. I've had extensive conversations with some of the folks there. I've covered this sport for the last handful of years and it was really a niche for me, but they know that 
most casual fans aren't going to tune in and watch a race for three and a half to four hours. They have to find other ways to try and get them involved. And whether it's betting on the outright market or betting head-to-head matchups or anything else that's out there, stage race, stage racing, to take advantage of folks, to get them involved for a couple hours. And all of a sudden you find a fan that was watching a race for 10 minutes, starts watching for 20, starts watching for an hour and suddenly can't leave his or her TV, you know, every Saturday or Sunday for 36 races during the year. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. You you know, you mentioned horse racing and you just triggered something. And you're the perfect guy can ask this. This It's funny you mentioned horse racing. So over the weekend, I had a buddy over for a little barbecue. um, Did a little small gathering. And at one point, we, uh, we were playing a little trivia, Trivial Pursuit. And we weren't really playing. We were just going through some questions. Now, this Trivial Pursuit game that I have is probably from, like, the late 80s. It's very old. It's like the original <laughs> Trivial Pursuit in the blue box. And one of the questions for the sports category was, what is the most bet on sport in America? And the answer was horse racing. Now, like I said, this, was prob- this game was probably from, like, the late 80s. Is that still true today? You know, uh, I think it's a reach, but when you look at all the numbers that are out there, horse racing, just because of volume of events, uh, has a little bit more of an inside track than some of the other sports that are out there. But as far as the level of importance placed on horse racing for the sports books, especially in the state of Nevada, it was more or less an afterthought. I mean, we did it for our customers when I was at Caesars uh, as a courtesy above all else. The nice part about horse racing for the house in the paramutual pool, you don't have to worry about booking any of it because you're collecting 18 to 20 cents on the dollar for every dollar that goes into circulation. Unlike sports where you're matching wits 
against the individual, the paramutual pool takes care of itself. But that's part of the reason, though, that you've seen horse racing decline some, not just because in popularity, but even the old timers that did this forever. The takeout is just so hard to overcome. So for a lot of the guys that would sit in the OTBs or if you go through local casinos out here in Vegas on a Tuesday or Wednesday when they're betting the third race at Delaware Park or Gulfstream, I mean, these guys can't beat the math. Again, they cannot run the numbers. So horse racing has really fallen off. We'll, of course, see a buzz in a couple of weeks for the Kentucky Derby. And if we have a triple crown candidate as we head to Belmont, then horse racing captivates all of us for a month. But in reality, it truly takes a backseat to everything else, uh, mainly because it's just not accessible for some of that new age gambler coming up through the ranks. Right. Interesting. Now, you mentioned at the top that you used to be an odds maker. What, 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 what casino were you an odds maker for again? I always forget. Oh, so no problem. Uh, so I was with Caesars Entertainment. I mean, Caesars. I kind of broke in in the uh, corporate finance side and then learned the sports trade, you know, simultaneously do, before I made a full migration over into that world. Do you miss it at all? Would you ever see yourself going back to it? Would you want to do it again? You know what? I miss some of the high energy days. I miss being behind the counter during the Thursday and Friday of March Madness. I miss being behind the counter on Super Bowl Sunday and seeing the energy that comes through the book. Uh, I don't miss it for getaway baseball on July 15th on Wednesday, where you're hoping that you can get a couple of bets that are worth a damn uh, on the Marlins and Brewers. And I don't miss filling out the paperwork that was a lot more extensive and the less glorious portion of it. Uh, but from a true odds making standpoint, I think the books are a lot different. I mean, back in the day, Jimmy, we, we, you know, we had a set numbers. We had to make sure the people had their assigned seats. We had to make sure that we were giving breaks to our ticket writers. So for some of my colleagues now that their primary job set numbers, monitor the bets that are coming in, they seem to enjoy it a heck of a lot more because it's less interaction with customers, but for the right opportunity somewhere down the road, uh, I wouldn't shy away from going back, but it's definitely a lot nicer being your own boss talking about games, not having to set numbers on everything from WNBA to third division Turkish soccer. Right. So do you, but do you keep up now in your post odds maker life though? Do you check in and see like how much money was bet on the masters? How much money was bet on the tournament? Do you keep up with all that? stuff and if so tell me how the masters and the tournament did this year you know i talked to uh, a lot of the guys don't know the exact numbers try and read some of the articles that are out there for public circulation i mean there are some great guys that cover the industry you know patrick everson at covers.com does a great job david purdom at espn uh and those guys will make sure that they share whatever numbers they can uh from folks that are out there masters numbers i can't speak to haven't had a chance to uh, gather all my intel there but the ncaa tournament definitely right up there in terms of what you would expect as far as betting handle and popularity it's crazy when you look at the tournament and of course you're talking substantially more games than the super bowl but that's a bigger betting event on the calendar if you take the full three weeks than what you'll see wagered on the super bowl because people can roll over their money and we can only hope that next year we're going to see you know crowded sports books again at 100 percent capacity uh, and people that are taking their money from the first four games, they're rolling into the early session on Thursday, and they're not going to stop until basketball shuts down on that Sunday night and whatever, that 9 o'clock Eastern time slot uh, that my colleagues at CBS love to put out there and force some of those young children and young Todd Firm from being able to watch the entire round of 32 unfold. It, it is funny. It shows you It shows you how degenerate this country is because – nobody anymore nobody watches college basketball at all during the regular season and then the tournament comes and it's like one of the biggest betting events of the year it's actually amusing that you know it's 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 wild because i mean i fall into that same boat i mean we spend so much time uh, for a lot of the things that i'm associated with covering the nfl and college football once that kind of winds down in early february 
then I'll pivot. And I have guys that are a heck of a lot sharper in college basketball that feed me information so I can keep up. You know, I'll watch games with a passing interest through January and February, but nobody wants to talk about it in the media landscape until you get into March, even in right. late February, it's an afterthought. And this year, because you, a lot of the big boys weren't relevant, you know, Gonzaga and Baylor don't become national stories as unfortunate as that sounds, you know, when Kentucky Duke, Michigan state, and those perennial powers aren't there, it, it hurts the college basketball brand. And I think as we continue to see the advent of some of these other leagues, whether it's, you know, the G league paying players more money uh, or some of these other prep showcases, you know, we're going to continue to see some of that deterioration of college basketball. It's a far cry from the old days when uh, my dad couldn't be removed from the TV watching the Big East tournament because yeah. you knew all those guys were going to feature prominently in NBA rosters the following year. The amount of friends I had who told me they didn't watch one second of college basketball this year but filled out a bracket was was remarkable. But again, <laughs> my friends have um, some issues. Um, one of the things I, I see, I'm curious um, if you see it or if it's just my imagination, but it, I do feel like one of the things that's really growing it are the futures and the props. You know, if, you know, you mentioned baseball as a, as a sport that can maybe grow with 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 the sports betting. You know, you could bet AL MVP, NL MVP, and that could keep you into it all season. You know, bet how many home runs over under this guy's going to hit. Um, there are a lot of ways without betting actual games where you can, you know, keep your interest in baseball because of the props. Um, what are the, are the props getting bigger and bigger or is that just my imagination? No, it's not your imagination at all. And a lot of credit goes to odds makers that have been forced out of their shell to be more creative and offer those extensive betting markets. Cause years ago, you're right. You couldn't find, you know, AL MVP, NL MVP, you couldn't find AL Cy Young and NL Cy Young until maybe later in the year. You talk about over-under batting average, hits, stolen bases, home runs, who will lead the league in home runs, division odds. Books are doing- I don't, I don't want to interrupt you. You can also, what, what's new too is you can bet who's going to win a division during the season. Yep. Where I remember, listen, opening day came, that was shut down. That was it. It was over, done with. Now, on any day of the year, you can go out there and bet who's going to bet the, when the AL East, NL East, et cetera. Oh, it was, it's, I mean, five, seven years ago, Jimmy. I mean, you'd be talking about, like you said, you'd be able to bet that before the season started and a lot of books would then reopen updated division odds right around the all-star break. So you'd get a couple days there, but it wasn't something that you could bet every single day. Right. And I think it's just trying to find that churn and burn, keep people engaged, uh, give them an opportunity to bet on their favorite teams. But along those same lines, I think what's really grown as far as the market, and part of it is because the media spends a lot more time talking about it, so it's created awareness, is win totals. I mean, win totals for years catered only to the sharpest of sharp bettors. And so you would actually go through the process during the summer months and hang NFL win totals in early August. And you would dread the experience because you knew if there was a game that was even a uh, team that was even a half game off, you were going to get absolutely obliterated and how quickly you could move that number for guys that were going to go shop around town and whether they were scalping a price with you, betting over one side and under at another book uh, or just taking full advantage. Now, I mean, we don't even know the NFL schedule. We know the list of opponents and books are all coming out with their win totals already because they want to give people a chance to bet. They know that the news cycle demands it. And I think it's just fascinating to kind of see how all of this stuff has come to light over the last three to five years uh, where, you know, college football games of the year are coming out earlier and earlier. I mean, last year for Fox bet, I mean, we pushed to get those out during the pandemic because people needed things to talk about. So here we are speculating before these teams even had spring practice. And then a lot of them didn't, 
you know, trying to put out numbers on, you know, Georgia, Alabama, hoping that you could elicit bets and that people wanted to try and get involved six months before Toe ever met Leather and a game truly took place. It's only been two weeks. Have we seen any early trends with MLB? Anything that stands out or nothing? You know, you've seen a couple of individuals move in the player props market. Um, Tyler Glass now's price has come down substantially amid his hot start to win the Cy Young. Uh, one of the other big moves that was out there, and I think he's pitching right, he is pitching right now for the Brewers, Corbin Burns, through his first couple starts. You've seen his number uh, for NL Cy Young and to lead the league in strikeouts come down. So that's the one thing early on. Bookmakers are forced to overreact uh, to how some of these guys perform baseball-wise over the first couple of weeks, whereas betters, you never want to overreact. Bookmakers have to because we know that these hot streaks can sometimes carry three starts into 15 starts, and suddenly a guy bursts onto the scene. And we've seen year in, year out, especially in you know, odds to win the home run, you know, lead the league in home runs. It's not the Mike Trouts and the Aaron Judges that win. It's the Luke Voits that get off, and suddenly they just can't be stopped. So books have to stay proactive there. Uh, and you can find a little bit of value from a lot of those awards for a player that starts hot. And maybe there's another guy's odds that drift out and you can take full advantage. I, this has been one of my pet peeves. And I, I've said this a million times, whether on Twitter or in my column, you know, football betting has become very, very dicey now because of the extra point. Because they moved it back. There's extra points missed in every game. The number gets thrown off and everything goes haywire with teams chasing it. And now in baseball, it's not as drastic, but I almost had a little problem yesterday because I was perusing the lines at night looking for a night game to bet. And I see Mets Phillies. It was Nola against uh, Marcus Stroman. And the total was five and a half. And I'm like, okay, listen, I know the, you know, Nola's good. Stroman's okay. I've never seen a total five and a half. What's going on? Totally forgetting that it's the second game of a doubleheader and those games are only seven innings. I mean, e even if you're into this, there's still always things that, you know, you, you really need to stay on top of things. It's not something you can do casually, especially it's a harder now. And harder handicap, like you said, for rule yeah. changes and everything else that's going on. And the other thing that can, you know, come back to kick you in the nuts with some of those seven inning doubleheaders is you could have a game that's 1-1 going into extra innings and suddenly we're starting with a runner on second base right. going under five and a half. So a game that was a stone cold winner to start, suddenly you're very much uh, involved in a heavy duty sweat. And I'll be honest, I mean, when it comes to some of the seven inning games, there are guys significantly sharper with numbers and the math than me. I won't even handicap them because I think it changes some of the dynamics that we've grown accustomed to. Uh, and I can tell you firsthand that we've gotten a plenty of arguments for a longstanding fantasy baseball league that somehow a complete game shutout that goes seven innings should not count the exact same wow. game shutout that goes nine innings. But uh, to no avail, so and uh, my colleagues at CBS haven't been able to try and adjust their scoring system for it accordingly yet. Makes me so happy I stopped playing fantasy sports four or five <laughs> years ago. Um, give me... Give me your worst loss this year in 2021. Oh, I, not, I, not monetarily. I mean, the like a Scott Van Pelt bad beat. I'm trying to think uh, through, and I would probably say, you know, just because it happened recently and we all fall victim to recency bias, uh, had a little bit of under money in Alabama and UCLA uh, in a game that had no business going over the total. And of course, right. you find a, a three that goes down as time expires from about 35 feet out. And then the rest is history. But 
I mean, I could bemoan NASCAR losses until you're blue in the face and people go, I, we don't really give a damn uh, about any of that stuff. But I want to go glass half full because I had, had a master's bet that worked out well for me this past weekend. Bet Xander Shoffley in the fourth round head-to-head against Hideki Matsuyama. So that bet looked dead and buried when Xander double bogeys early on in the round. Then all of a sudden he gets white hot, strings together four birdies. And we're talking about having a competitive finish. You got a two-stroke lead there. Then he triples 16 going in the drink. And you're figuring going into 18 that there's no shot. Worst case is a push. Hideki plays it soft, bricks a putt from about four feet. So uh, I want to go glass half full. Everyone's talking about bad beats. Yeah. I want to know that every now and again, the gambling gods can smile upon you. So I felt fortunate to be able to steal that bet on Sunday. I'm not a hockey guy, but I, I watched Van Pelt's bad beats from this week, and there was a, a game that ended up going over on an empty netter. That's got to be such a sickening feeling. We've I've been there a ton, and I think I tweeted about it. It had to be it was a San Jose Sharks game, and I didn't have any money on it, so I don't remember who they were playing. I think there were three goals scored in the final twelve seconds, or two goals scored. But yeah, you want to talk about losing an over under bet on, on an empty netter, especially as teams start to pull their goalie with five or six minutes to go. I mean, it's downright lethal. What do you What do you think's worse, losing a bet on an empty netter, or losing it on like the three quarters court heave? At the buzzer, or is it equivalent? I would say an empty netter. And the reason I say that is because basketball every now and again, you at least know you're going to have to dodge that bullet. You know that there'll be an inbound pass with a couple seconds and you're going to see that shot. We've all lived through it. Hockey, it can be as simple as there's six seconds to go in a game. A player loses possession of the puck in the corner and you get a defenseman who just flings the puck at the empty net. So you go from having a surefire winner to watching that puck go 200 plus feet into an empty net and you know you're completely defenseless. The worst is, though, when the camera guy can't move the camera fast enough and you're hoping that the puck ricochets off the boards and suddenly you see the puck uh, sliding across the goal line and you go, this is what I get sometimes for betting unders. And one one of my... Friends in the industry, Dan O'Toole tells me all the time, you're an idiot anytime you want to bet an under, and unfortunately, I'm a glutton for punishment. There is something about the empty netter where the puck is just slowly gliding (laughs) towards the empty net, and you see your life flashing before your eyes, and the L comes. It reminds me of a lot of those gambling movies where uh, you're talking about the roulette wheel, and they slow it down, and you're watching the ball bounce around, hoping that you can land your number that you just watch it in like a slow car wreck. You're hoping that that puck hits the post, slides through the blue paint, uh, and doesn't end up in the net. But for every bad beat you have uh, as a sports better, you, you inevitably have one or two that work out in your favor. But it's amazing how the human brain only remembers all the negatives. You never want to remember the ones that work out in your favor. You'd rather cry yeah. bloody murder and foul when things go against you. Absolutely. You just said roulette. You just... Man, I miss I miss playing roulette. I haven't gone to a casino, obviously, because of the pandemic in a while. I, I miss that that rush when that little white ball is spinning, man. There is an adrenaline rush with that that I cannot describe, but it's there. It's absolutely there. Um, I'm going to ask something that has nothing to do with gambling. Um, I did a thing today in my column about the best sports quote of all time. It came off of the fact that, uh, for a little background, if anyone hasn't seen it, on Tuesday night, Timberwolves guard Anthony Edwards gets gets asked what he thinks about Alex Rodriguez becoming Incredible. an owner of the team. He's not going to be the owner. He's going to be like one of those, you know, investor owner type, whatever. But he gets about A-Rod becoming owner of the Timberwolves. And Anthony Edwards says that he's never heard of Alex Rodriguez in what I think is just a room. I mean, 
I wish a reporter would have followed up and said JLo's boyfriend to see if that would have um, triggered his brain. So off of that, in train of thoughts on Wednesday, I did a whole thing about the best sports quotes of all time. And I mean, I got a couple of thousand responses from people, which which were amazing. So I want to get your favorite uh, sports quotes, a couple of them, if you have them off the top of your head. Before you do that, I'll just quickly, I, the two I gave that are my personal favorites uh, one was from Kobe when he said, I almost won an MVP with Smush Parker and Kwame Brown on my team. I was shooting 45 times a game. What was I supposed to do? Pass it to Chris Mim or Kwame Brown, which is just a classic Kobe quote. And then the other one is um, when Bill Parcells was coach of the Patriots, the trainer tells him that the kicker is injured. And Bill says, well, I don't need him to play. I just need him to kick, which is a phenomenal quote from Bill Parcells. So just curious if you have any one, two, three sports quotes that off the top of your head that are your favorites. I mean, the low-hanging fruit has to be, you know, Jim Mora talking about the playoffs and, you know, his response there um, in, the, in that press conference, I mean, is right up there. And along the same lines, you know, Mike Singletary going bonkers um, in a similar capacity. So, so those are up there. One in the NHL, I'm 99% sure the exchange was between Jeremy Roenick and Patrick Waugh back in the day. And Waugh says, no, I can't hear him. I got my Stanley Cup rings in my ear. So that one stands out. That was submitted in in the column. Yes, that was a good yeah, one. I mean, that sure. that's outstanding. And yep. then when you look, uh, you know, for other examples that are out there, I mean, there's God, there's just so many. The 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 one that I always forget, the Bucks coach, I guess from the seventies. What do you think about your team's execution? I'm in favor of it. I'm in, I'm in favor. <laughs> so of it. good. There yeah. was a, you know, with another one that I had heard from Jimmy Johnson back in the day when he cut a player on his roster. Uh, for falling asleep in the team meeting. And I believe the reporter, and I'm going to butcher this, but the team reporter asked, you know, well, what would you have done if Troy Aikman fell asleep in the team meeting? Jimmy's response was, well, I'm going to make sure I get him a pillow and then he gets a good night's rest. <laughs> so, you know, that's another one that's up there. But yeah. all the ones that just come, you know, sp- spontaneously from these guys in press conference, uh, incredible. And then Anthony Edwards, I mean, don't you think if you play for the team, you're at least going to Google potentially who – one of the uh, minority owners is. And then I think, Jimmy, there was a video circulating that talked about where Edwards was asked about how good he was playing baseball and said that he could have gone to the pros as a baseball player. How do you right. not know who Alex Rodriguez right. is if you think you're going to uh, ultimately have a career in Major League Baseball? It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, we, uh, get so good. Get on part of the segment where you go kids these days. They just have no understanding. Right. And, and here's the thing. You can't just read the Anthony Edwards quote, you have to see the video. It's so great because he could not possibly care less about who Alex Rodriguez is. Yeah, th- there was no faking it or anything else. He was yeah. still styling his hair and just kind of yeah. through the way to stand. No, I don't, I don't know who that is. Huh. Uh, I appreciate you coming on and uh, giving us some uh, updates on the gambling world. Hopefully New York gets something soon here just as an option. And, you know, in addition to whatever I have to do illegally and uh, <laughs> <laughs> we could, uh, you know, become a, a real state here. I mean, Wyoming and South Dakota have legalized gambling and New York doesn't. It's just pathetic. Fingers crossed that every state comes to its senses uh, and the ones that do uh, end up approving bills do so in the right manner. And we can talk about a full proliferation of betting options that if you want to bet on your favorite book, regardless of what it is, to be able to take full advantage, shop around for lines and get the best of the number. Because we know it's hard enough to win in this business with one shop, let alone with multiple shops, let alone if you only have one or two options out there. That's true. All right, Todd, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. And good luck with the wagers. Always a pleasure, Jimmy. Thanks. All right. My thanks to Todd Furman. 
sure if you're a gambler, you enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. If you missed any recent episodes of the SI Media Podcast, feel free to go into the archives and check those out. If you're into sports media news, we covered a ton of it with Andrew Marchand of the New York Post last week. WWE superstar Edge was on the podcast two weeks ago. He just came out of the main event of WrestleMania. Three weeks ago, great pod with ESPN Scott Van Pelt. If you missed any of those, give those a listen. And please subscribe to the SI Media Podcast. You can rate and review as well. Always helps. All right, that wraps it up. We'll see you next week right here. Stay safe and take care. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.